0: This is also the birthday of Eric. So oh well, my it has goodness! To be done today, yes. All right, Eric. <laughs> All righty, Eric. It's your birthday. They say so. <laughs>
2: Welcome to my fifty-six years.
0: Oh my goodness! Congratulations! You have an energy of a of, of a young boy. That's for sure.
2: <laughs> well, that's why I connect with Federico Ceretto.
0: Yeah. How? Where are you today?
2: I'm in Malmö in um booze, uh, what do you call it? Soundproof booze uh, boo- or room uh, in Malmö where I live.
0: Aha. What are your plans for your birthday? Well,
2: actually drinking some champagne after this uh, with uh, knowing that Federico will do the same. So... That's about it, uh, with family and, you know, champagne keeps the doctor away and all that.
0: Fantastic. Have you got a favorite, champagne?
2: No, I'm not. Yes, of course I have. I mean, uh, I love uh, Delamotte, I love Jacques Sellos, but uh, today it happens to be Charles Heizicke.
0: Okay, well, they're Italian. They're affiliated with the Italians, so that's that works for us.
2: True. <laughs> they're,
0: they're also Biondi Santi for us, and they're also wow, yeah. us. Um, Isola Olena so we're we're happy with your choice today so mille. everybody uh welcome this is of course called the ambassador's corner we've been doing this for a long time now and today's the fireside chat with Federico Cereto. let me tell you a little bit about our birthday boy he is born in Sweden always in Mala no
2: not actually in Maristad, Stad living abroad
0: ah okay And then you grew up also in Germany and France, according to your bio.
2: Exactamente. My Swedish mother uh, gave birth to her kids in Sweden, not trusting the German or French hospitals.
0: Right. Good job. And then you also had a um, stint in Italy as well,
2: right? Well, that was when I was growing right. up and uh, fulfilled my dream about learning Italian, which I think I did right. okay with. So moving there in 92, 93.
0: Where did you live uh, in Italy?
2: Lago di Como, uh, uh, one year, and then the rest in uh, Rome. So that's what people you know, can hear sometimes when I'm right. trying to speak Romano. So, uh, and then I moved back to Sweden in 96.
0: Of course Eric Schneider is our Italian wine ambassador at large but what el- what else do you do in life tell us yeah, all about it That's a
2: good Well uh, beyond um, helping kids uh, in school uh, I've translated Champions League for Juventus and Malmö FF but otherwise what? I do wine trips well, Yeah What is
0: that all about What does that mean
2: that means that Malmö, the, the the team of Malmö, Malmö FF, uh, was qualified to Champions League, and we met Juventus. Of course, we didn't have any chance, but they called me and asked me if I could provide my Italian, which I did, and I don't regret it, but when I said yes, I was wondering why did I say yes, and uh, I was in direct for 600 million viewers on telly, on the press conference. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to send you a picture it's crazy with Allegri looking at me writing down so I was uh, simultaneously translating and that was one of the coolest and, challenges. and I when been, was like, that
0: what year was that
2: this must be seven years ago seven or eight years ago
0: okay already. so okay getting back to our show why did you select Federico Ceretto as your favorite producer today well, it's,
2: there's several reasons, but first of all, he introduced me to the core of Lange, to Piemonte in a very passionate way, and uh-huh. uh, just when he was, yeah, and, and uh, you know, I, I just got mesmerized, you know, he uh, when he was about to take a greater responsibility of his own family winery, uh, most of all, he was explaining to me about the Choretto's deep relationship with food and art, talking about their connection, you know, with an obvious cultural bond of of wine people in nature, of Lelange, and uh, their journey towards a uh, biodynamic producer is for me, one of the most mesmer- mesmerizing wine journeys a wine producer can do. And creating two restaurants within their dreams, being all wine and food lovers, you know, must go to destination places, is yet another achievement showing Teresa's uh, yeah, of wishes course. of yeah. sharing and caring. So that's, that's enough, you know. And I love Federico, so what should I say?
0: Yeah, it's kind of a big deal. They also have, of course, the three-star Michelin restaurant yeah. uh, in Alba, an incredible place. So I, I know, are you, am I mistaken, or are you also in um as an employer? I
2: did. I, I did, and this is how I get to know him. So mm-hmm. we had... Uh, just started with Piemonte and uh, we got chat in the portfolio he was very quick to come over to Sweden and we did some wonderful winemaker's dinner uh, with Gianluca Pica and we did uh, fantastic shows i was down in Barolo for the for the second time in my life i was there when i was living in Como and uh, and the rest is is uh, history i was really proud and i think i i did a good job introducing Ciretto as they were as if they were me when i was presenting them Mm -hmm. in Sweden with my experience from Milan, you know?
0: Okay. So as you know, here at Italian Wine Podcasts, especially for the Ambassadors' Corner with our Italian Wine Ambassadors at large. We get a little bit geeky around here, as you very well know. So what are their learning objectives that we should expect from you today from this call?
2: Uh, I'd say to learn about the same journey as I usually have during my wine tastings and uh, storytelling, that many top Italian wine producers did since the 90s, uh, that Cerreto is and was visionary commercializing Arnais, which was near extinction in the 70s, you know, a grape for white wines, and trusting the potential of one of the greatest grapes in the world, our beloved Nebbiolo. And together with other key producers, uh, this was the start of the Barolo Barbaresco international fame, this fascinating trust in their terroir to do the rest with a lesser intervention. I think that's a very interesting for the listeners to to follow up.
0: Okay, very good. So this, as you know, I will now um, leave the mic over to you and come back. This is the bit where I get to. Usually, I have a glass of wine with me. It's kind of early <laughs>
2: for me to start. Where's your champagne?
0: I know it's like <laughs> half past three, but um, we'll see what we can do. So I will shut <laughs> off my mic. I'll turn it over to you and then come back maybe towards the end to see if there are any additional questions for Federico. Perfecto.
2: Federico is the youngest uh, of the family, son of uh, Bruno, born in 1977. Uh, After high school, he chose a university diploma course in business administration. And while continuing his studies, he already entered the heart of his profession, beginning to deal with Ceretto's commercial management and especially with foreign markets. Hence, where we met in Sweden, actually, collaborating mainly with importers. Thank you for that. And also following the sales network in Italy, supporting agents in their visits to customers. Dynamic, sociable, and a great wine lover, he immediately invested a lot of time and dedication in the search for new export markets, exploring new countries that proved to be very interesting for market development. As you say, my generation is lucky to have inherited solid bases and strong values built in the past years by my father and uncle. Our challenge now is to commit to following this path with a new and fresher vision. And says Federico, for foreign markets, high-level public relations and direct customer relationships will be increasingly important. So Federico is the CEO of Aziende Vittivinico Le Ciretto and he's taking care of the family restaurants La Piola on the first floor and the second floor Piazza Duomo Piazza Duomo di Alba with the chef Enrico Crippa.
1: Happy birthday to you <laughs> <laughs> Ciao my friend uh, Hello everybody Hello Stewie Ciao Laika uh, It's Ciao. a big honor in this special day for you you know, I you, thought it was a special day for me, but it's a great a special day for you. <laughs> Who's interviewing who now? <laughs>
2: Actually, it says discussion. So mm. uh, so happy to hear your your Dolce voice, Federico. And, Thank you. Uh, uh, Thank so, you. So, so how are you doing this beautiful November day amidst the white truffle season? I guess you are in Alba.
1: I am in Alba. Uh, I will be, sorry, I will be traveling for the first uh, 10 minutes, then I will be... Uh, More, uh, less noisy, but uh, thank you for the introduction. Yes, I am in, uh, you know, I am in probably the only place in the world when it's uh, November, a little bit cold, uh, foggy and humid. Everybody is uh, so happy to be in the Lange eating truffles and drinking Barolo. So this is for us is the Big high season and we are running like crazy. I'm happy
2: to hear because usually November is like everybody's getting depressed, it's gray. And I just say, yeah, hey, it's my birthday. Who cares, you know? And and I know that the truffle is uh, uh, medicina for the for the soul, you know. and uh, So you are a true passionate ambassador for Le Lange. It's wines, food, it's people and culture. And the creation of the first three-star Michelin restaurant, Piemonte Historical, and Piazza Dorme Alba rank amongst the top 50 best restaurants in the world. Do you have any other dreams to fulfill involving Lange culture or the Ceretto portfolio or anything involving Piemontese food?
1: Okay, so, yes, we are uh, full of uh, dreams. Uh, uh, this could be the great, uh, answer, the very best time to say that we finally got the approval for the build action of our third uh, restaurant. This will be in the heart of uh, Brunate, where uh, we have the Barolo Chapel, the the piece of uh, land art that you You know well, Eric. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, my dream, uh, if this is the question, my personal dream... Indeed, uh, it is. It's uh, to uplift uh, another step uh, in uh, wine and food uh, hospitality. So high-end gastronomy and uh, top wines uh, hospitality. And maybe, maybe... Uh, doing something in uh, also for the accommodation I think uh, we are ready now to have some very good wine hotels if we have to make it very simple in the area Mm. so if I have to see my third uh, career after being a Salesperson and our restaurant uh, manager or supervisor. I'm, I don't want to take any merit, uh, any credit. Uh, my team at the restaurant, they do 100% of the job. I supervise them. Uh, I help Enrico Kripp to take uh, uh, strategies and decisions. Uh, we are a great team. We are really doing great together. And uh, I thought it was very difficult to deal with uh, such a talented and such a um, obsessed. Uh, hard-working guy with his uh, with his job in reality it is the most exciting and and really it's my m- my everyday happy moment when I go to the restaurant and I speak with the with the chef I've seldom uh, met a
2: humble chef as as uh, Enrico Kripa eco and it's a joy uh, every time so this restaurant you talked about in brunate is this a 2000 2000- 24, 25, or when do we have the honor to visit that, that restaurant?
1: Okay, now you ask uh, too much because. Not okay, the, next
2: question then. <laughs> okay.
1: No, no. Uh, spring 2025. Wow, perfect, fantastic, and uh, yeah.
2: so yeah, you and your cousin Alessandro, you decided many years ago to change the direction of Chiretto's land farming. So, using the biodynamic philosophy and practices, what results could we? listeners and followers expect as consumers in the glass?
1: Well, this is the very precise uh, question and finally finally after 15 years we did the, the, the 15th uh, harvest for Barol and 14th for uh, Barbaresco in full biodynamic uh, farming. So basically, 20-25 years ago, it was not clear that that um, the model was being a Burgundy style or being a Bordeaux and Champagne style. I mean, Bordeaux and Champagne style means that the style of the house, the style of the Maison, it's more important than the, the vineyard uh, origin. But in Piemonte, we were deeply, we were deeply, deeply um, uh, thinking of that our future would have been the burgundy style mm-hmm. and the burgundy style means you have to know your terroir and this is what we did first we started with Lydia and Claude Bourguignon they are soil uh, expert and they teach us how to understand and manage our soil in a biodynamic way a uh, small parcel after small parcel we loved it then we moved into the we continue with the red uh, grapes so. You in Monsordo, the estate where we have the Langhe Rosso, the Barbera, the Nebbiolo d'Alba, and the Dolcetto, and uh, and this was a big challenge because we're talking about almost 30 hectares, and converting 20, 30 hectares is very different than converting one and a half hectare of brick rock, for example. That was a big success. Then is when we decided to convert in organic the Arnaise, that is 110 hectares, and then the Moscato, that is almost 30 hectares. So in total, we're talking about 180 hectares of conversion between biodynamic and organic. We will soon, uh, being 100% biodynamic, we just have a couple of... Uh, not clear um, answers from the wine, but that made also us being more um, more um, aware, no more conscious about uh, the style of vinification. No more uh, selected East, no more uh, uh, oak uh, standardization, no more uh, blah, 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 things that you all know because you're all great uh, wine ambassador. You've been studying a lot, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't want to go again. I spent the first 20 years of my life dealing with modernists and traditionalists. I won't go there anymore in my life uh, or choose what you like <laughs> but uh, but in our wine today we have the precision of the terroir and i tell you how to prove it after 30 years, we decided to take out the parcel of Rocche di Castiglione in Castiglione Falletto, out of our Barolo Classico, the blend of our uh, multiple vineyards uh, mm-hmm. that we released as a, as a Barolo uh, Storico, no, the, the 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 classic recipe for the Barolo in the in the last 300 years. We took it out because now we are able to vinify Rocche di Castiglione. That is the vineyard that it's um, next to Brickerolo. So we have two parcels 30 meters away and two very distinctive uh, uh, microclimates, two very distinctive uh, soils because one is uh, east, south and west, the other one is only east. And when you will try the wine, you will find differences, very clear differences. And to be able today to have in the glass, not the hand of Mr. Ceretto winemaker, but the finesse of the bottom of the terroir that are so clear clearly expressed and so pure that is uh, when we watched each other we said okay mission accomplished we did it we are now able to vinify uh, thinking of the vineyards not only hoping we will make it a great wine but now we know how to take uh, a a terroir expression into the glass. Because, you know, when you've been traveling and tasting uh, in Burgundy, the dream of going in, in the cellars in Burgundy is that every little sample of wine they give you, it's a different journey. It's a different expression. It's a different explosion of, uh, of uh, peculiarities. Now we can do it. And my generation is the very first generation that will be able to do it with finesse, with balance, with uh, purity of the fruit, with uh, with uh, clean wines. Uh, so we are, play, we are now entitled to play in the Champions League because Barola has been always, one day you will be like Burgundy. One day you will uh, this is the day that finally we play the final in the Champions League. And, and now it's a big responsibility because when you go and play the final, <laughs> you, have to, you have to be very good. Yeah, you have to perform. So now, uh, now the challenge is to be able to sit at this table because the in the glass we are definitely there then there are other things that is my job uh, to make sure that uh, the wines are well represented, like you did in Sweden for many years, uh, or the the, the the people that are listening to this uh, podcast. You are all now having the great time of uh, drinking great Barolos, more aged, young, fresh, new, and all the boss bottle. I can see your faces now, but I, I see your hands going up and down. And say, oh yes, I know. Every time I open a bottle of Barolo now, it's a fantastic wine. It's a golden a, golden uh, time of uh, of Barolo of Nebbiolo.
2: It is. I, I love that because now I hope also you're going to call the staff in Monsordo for tomorrow to prepare several bottles of Roccheri di Castiglione and Bricco Rocca to prepare them. <laughs> hell, hell if no can ask. I want to have two glasses of this and this one each. <That laughs> so, so, so that is a challenge. Yeah. So and what other Italian wine region can you best identify yourself with?
1: Mm, well, I um, love them very much when i did uh, the first uh, tasting of the contrada from etna with my friend alberto tasca in a Parallel tasting with the single vineyards of uh, Parolo and the Contrada from uh, Etna, I loved uh, from the very first time the wonderful hospitality of the Planeta family with all the different uh, sites they have uh, and all the wines. Plus, uh, you know the the Carricante producers, uh, white wine producers. Uh, you know you can name them all uh, in uh, on the uh, on the Etna. So. I will retire and spend the happiest uh, moment of uh, my fifth uh, career in Sicily. Sicily has my dream. Also because in Sicily, food, <laughs> food. <laughs> if, I, if I have to identify in a place, has to be a place where food and wine are great. And Sicily, Sicily is the best.
2: I loved it. I was there a week ago with the Gita Scholastica from Vinital International Academy. Thank you very much. Amazing place it's an amazing story so we have to to talk more about that one day with a caricante and with a nerello mascalese which leads me to another but it's uh, not only
1: it's not only etna Uh, sicily has has personality in every city in every farming activity they do sicily has uh, big uh, roots uh, Cultural roots, uh, gastronomic roots, uh, human uh, being—some of the nicest people in the world—comes to see. It's paradise. It's really paradise. D'accordissimo.
2: We have a common friend uh, that printed. Make Dolcetto great again on a T <laughs> on a T-shirt. Uh, can you tell us uh, the story behind it and uh, why I also love to wear it? You know, with proud. A
1: allora, lot. Dolcetto is a great example of how in uh, in uh, in one generation things can be. One generation in one life things things can be. things can be circular. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Dolcetto was the house wine that every family used to drink by Gallons, by Damijans, in Piemonte for 150 years. Alba was the town of Dolcetto. My grandfather produced uh, four Dolcettos, okay, and one Barolo. Today we produce uh, seven Barolos and one Dolcetto. Okay, and the question was, uh, it's a p- you know the old the old people. Hey, you kids, you don't know what you're uh, losing, blah blah blah. You know, back in the days we used to blah blah. So how do how can that's my job? Uh, sometimes I do I work, uh, and I sell wine. How can we sell more dolcetto? How can we sell more dolcetto? How can we sell more mm-hmm. dolcetto? Well, you know what? Now this has been uh, uh, dolcetto has been struggling for twenty years. Yeah, today. When I come with a bottle of dolcetto and I join a a group of friends, I join you and your uh, Italian uh, ambassadors, uh, friends, in your next uh, trip, and I bring a couple of bottles of dolcetto, I can always show up with a bottle of dolcetto from. You choose, uh, because these things in the world, do doesn't happen anywhere else. A bottle of dolcetto, that is the brother of the gamet, of the Beaujolais in Burgundy, no, But... Here we have uh, Bruno Giacosa, who does Dolcetto, Luciano Sandrone, Angelo Gaia, uh, Domenico Clerico, you, you name it, all the very best, Mascarello, Rinaldi, whatever, all the very best, we have a bottle of Dolcetto from great vineyards, okay? Those are producers, uh, we are, I include Ceretta in this group, uh, we are top producers, top vineyards, this wine represents so well the, the style of the wine uh, profile of uh, Lange, and it's more immediate than a Nebbiolo, but has a personality, has a big uh, pr- a winemaker behind it, has a great vineyard. Today is the coolest uh, Glass of red wine you can drink from uh, Piemonte. Of course, we, sh- we want to drink a-, a glass of Monfortino every day, but yeah, it's That's a little right. bit ac- unaccessible, okay? <laughs> but if you want to have a wonderful glass of Lange Spirit, uh, you can pick... Uh, many of the very best producers, they have the dolcetto, their dolcetto, our dolcettos are great, and when you serve it to the people, they tell you, wow, this is a fantastic wine. Imagine that, my grandfather used to do it in Damija. now I, I put it in bottle for you, I can ship it all over the world. You can have a, a piece of a sole, you know, a sip of the sole of a Lange, uh, and then maybe you're going to drink Barol and Barbaresco, or you go for Nebbiolo. But we, uh, now it's time to make dolcetto great uh, again. And of course, the t-shirt It's a, it's a joke for Donald Trump. Make uh, (laughs) America great again. Make America great again. (laughs) I I like to wear it when we do the when we do the tasting in the U.S. and uh, sometimes people get a little bit. Get rid of it, uh, in a little bit, si, yeah. uh, say provoked, yeah. but you know, guys, we make wine for happy people to to exactly. make to make happy moments. So you know, don't worry, don't be don't be upset. Have a glass of wine with me, sit down with me, have a good time. Uh, Dolcetto is the great wine to have a good time. I agree. It's, it's
2: funny because you know, instead of doing tattoos, I wear old T-shirts with with uh, messages, and I had in Sicily. Uh, meno, like a minus uh, Meno minus arrogante And più caricante <laughs> and there was,
1: That's the t-shirt
2: That Peter Ballesteros said Oh wow, I love that t-shirt Because that's yeah, saying, you know you, you laugh, you see, it makes people laugh
1: Yeah, you make people laugh cool. but the, And there is also the message of uh, You know, have a, have a happier life Relax, exactly. have a happier Don't life arrogant. Exactly. Don't be arrogant Yes
0: Italian Wine Podcast, brought to you by Mama Jumbo Shrimp. So another
2: thing that I love about Piemonte, how you speak together, you know, like I've seen different wine regions, uh, maybe not so much in Italy, but other places where producers are more in competition than uh, understanding that the more you collaborate, the better it is for the region. So what are the biggest challenges for today's Piemonte producers and how often do you meet other Piemonte producers to discuss them? I was thinking about the climate change, the mass tourism versus maybe ecotourism, competition with other wine regions and so on.
1: Allora, the competition, thank God, we are now in a very strong position and we, we can relax, not too much, but we can uh, relax and, uh, and finally share all the credits that many, many generations before me, they built. So now we can finally harvest all uh, these investments, all these seeds that they planted over the last uh, 50 years. So we are privileged uh, in this moment. Challenges is uh, climate change definitely that's a big big uh, big deal uh, i see people with the different ideas uh, so there is not yet a clear direction while there, there has been a clear direction of how to finally vinify the wines uh, so the ultra modernists are more moderate uh, the ultra traditionalists are more uh, um, updated uh, so now the style of uh, the nebbiol expression is more clear for everybody and uh, this is good this is very good no more extravaganza more classics now we are ready to be great classics what else Uh, um, we well we meet uh, actually three four times a year in different uh, in different Occasions. What is probably the big question is that our wines today are way more balanced, less hyperphenolic, so less ultra tannic wine, much more balanced, much more. Uh, uh, well integrated into the fruit because we are having fantastic harvest. Today, harvesting in uh, in Lange is not like my grandfather where harvest time was a, was a drama. It was a big fight against the fog, humidity, and the rain, and the cold and everything. Today, we harvest. We are all wearing beautiful T-shirts, uh, shorts, uh, singing, uh, having a great time, and coming home with uh, Excellent fruit that then we transform in excellent wine. Are these uh, the ultra phenolic wines? Uh, no. Are they much more enjoyable and much more understandable? Yes. Terroir is uh, more, uh, it's better expressed. Yes, because we don't have, we don't punch any more people in their teeth with the tannins and the acidity. The big question is: Are we trading uh, aging uh, ability? with uh, finesse and balance and terroir. In my opinion, yes. But remember that... uh our uh, vision of uh, a Barolo today its still to be a great wine for the next uh, 25 to 50 years. So I don't know if uh, our great-great-son will drink a uh, 75-80 uh, years old Barolo like uh, we do today. Yeah. But the, the Barolo, you know, the 47, the 64, mm-hmm. we drink today in this, 67. you know, never-ending Montfortino 67. tastings, a uh, 57, fix, uh, 67. <laughs> 67, yes. I don't think we we'll able to, to do it, or, or maybe only in very, very few vintages. So now we have to understand what we consider a great vintage. In my opinion, a great vintage is a great vintage of balance and uh, terroir expression, not anymore the austerity, of the Nebbiolo, nobility, and, and the inaccessible uh, wines. Those wines are not, in my personal opinion, in my taste, no. are not interesting anymore. When a wine is unaccessible, uh, no, I don't like it anymore. I want the balance. I want, uh, I want to understand where the wine comes from. I want to recognize the vintage. Mm -hmm. And I want to recognize uh, that the elevation of the vineyard, because I want to understand if it's a real Grand Cru or not, because a lot of blah, 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 blah about the vineyards. But, you know, Mm -hmm. the Great Vineyard has uh, peculiarities that are very clear. And I want to find it in the glass. Mm -hmm. I don't want to find it in a brochure on a website or on an Instagram uh, story. I want to find it in the glass, and I want to climb the hill, invite you to climb the hill with me, be in the vineyard with me and say, now I tell you, you know, breathe, uh, brunate, and then let's go and open a bottle of wine and you will fill it in the glass.
2: I love that expression. That's uh, the best uh, birthday present I could get. So imagine <laughs> me and Brunato with a glass of Brunato today. It's just amazing to escape. Uh, so my next question would be: uh, the demand of Barolo, Barbarescos and Nebbiolos, Barbera, etc., has risen a lot the last years. Is there still markets that haven't yet discovered your wines? And if yes, what markets are they? And how do you introduce? the Langwines line wines to those people
1: allora, markets uh, in case of Chereto we are missing Middle East and uh, South America a little bit of uh, Brazil uh, we are approaching now Peru and, and uh, Argentina uh, and Uruguay but very very little things and uh, Middle East I don't see any interest uh, commercially to no. go there, no, because there are too many. It's too too much. They have wine, eh? but mm-hmm. there are traders and brokers that do it. I I, I don't know. And I and we have. Uh, our uh, restaurant in Doha with uh, Erico Crip, but uh, it's not an easy market for uh, alcoholic beverages. We'll see what happened with uh, Russia later. At the moment, uh, it's uh, totally unpredictable. Asia, it's uh, all done. U.S. and Canada, so North America, very well done. Europe, of course, uh, few places in Africa, but that is a more of a continental uh, Uh, Issue rather than uh, than uh, than wine, and also it's very complicated to ship uh, uh, over in uh, in in Africa. You know what? I think we have to relax, and yes, the new places are the uh, great new wine-driven places that are. That, that keep uh, open every day, every month in uh, the best countries. Because now wine, it's a great uh, drinking culture. Yeah. And there are many, many more places where uh, food is more informal because people prefer to, to do the formula, and this will be the formula of, of our new restaurant. Tell me what you drink, and then I will follow with some food. Exactly, and yeah so those are probably the the new the new places and for us it could be also this uh, amazing uh, network of uh, natural and biodynamic only wine bars and wine shops at the moment they are still a little bit too much um, too much uh, on their own so uh a winery like should it's still uh, uh, considered a little bit suspicious. Should I buy it or not? You know, they are a brand, and uh, we only wanted the little farmer who does natural biodynamic wines. But slowly, they open their, uh, they open a little bit their, their mind, uh, and and you know what? At the end, uh, at the end, when you open a bottle of wine, the wine is very good. Uh, people get it immediately, and so oh, yeah. you know, yeah. wine solves every conflict. I agree. And uh, the thing is, I, I'll let
2: you know when I open my next wine bar anyway. So uh, the next question yeah. is, so our listeners, they come from all over the world and have the passion for wine in common. They work with the wine. Uh, if you had a gigantesque bottle to share with us, which one would it be? And what, what would be your storytelling behind this bottle? Uh, <laughs> uh, no limits. It can be, it can be uh, as, as big as possible because we have one bottle to share but, and
1: we are uh, thousands. One bottle to share uh, uh, from Ceretto. Let's do this thing. One one from Ceretto and one not Ceretto. Ceretto Barbaresco in 96. That is, in my opinion, still uh, the perfect uh, wine. Um, It it was 100% my Uncle Marcello, but this, at the moment, uh, is the perfect wine. Alessandro, my cousin, did uh, something Unbelievable with the Barolo, Sarah lunga 2010. But Barbaresco, because in '96 uh, is the f- it's the first wine that I tasted in front of a big, big panel, and I had to sit and say, "Ah, sorry, guys." Now we all sit, <laughs> everybody quiet, and uh, you know, three minutes of attention for this wine. The other, because you, because in the world we all mm-hmm. love champagne. My respect, my respect. I should say Salon, because I import Salon, and honestly, Salon is the, yeah. is the, is the you know the heaven of a Chardonnay in sur mm-hmm. surges. But for me, the winery with the... Can we say the biggest balls, The biggest... Of course, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no, I don't say nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For me, when you vinify the way you vinify with the, such a complexity uh, and the quality result you get uh, and uh, you manage, I don't know how many thousand of hectares uh, and you release the uh, Don Perignon... Uh, at that quality, with this number, that number of bottles, with all these uh, grapes sourced everywhere, plus their own vineyards and everything. For me, the winemaker of Don Perignon is the man with the hardest balls in the universe of wine. So, big respect. So, every time I, I, every time I hear people blah, 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 I say, listen, let's drink a bottle of Don Perignon. Let's start from the basics. These are gigantic, uh, gigantic wines. And so I would say, I would say, I know you would uh, expect me to say something more no, peculiar. No, no. I, but, I had uh, a bottle two weeks ago. I love, I, I love, I love the icons. I love yeah, the icons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, yeah. The day I die, I open a bottle of uh, Pergole Torte. <laughs> Pergole Torte for me, <laughs> for me. But this, this will be only for me. Not. For me. <laughs> this will be my, my my last journey in wine. Will be me and a bottle of Pergole Torte. Oh, well, well I'm, I'm sure the listeners will uh, not
2: say no to a glass of Don Pérignon, that's for sure. And uh, so, uh, another curious is it officially announced that you'll soon add Alta Lange DOCG in your portfolio, or could you tell us? can you tell us more about it?
1: Ah, bravi! You, you, you dig in our in our <laughs> family affairs. Allora, Alta in reality is a individual project of my sister Roberta. My sister Roberta and her husband uh, Giuseppe. So it's uh, called Monsignore because they live, uh, they have a house up there in Altalanga where uh, most of the people do dolcetto, they rip it off. Of uh, vineyards of Dolcetto not not all of them uh. some vineyards they bought other land and they started with the consultancy of a French uh, winemaker uh, they started this uh, dream uh, and uh, amazing they made it happen uh, from nothing and uh, they were, uh, well of course Roberta, my sister, she's not a beginner but, but she does a public relation and media communication not uh, vineyard management or not uh, farming or not winemaking so they did it They released this wine. It's beautiful. Of course, Roberta does all our art project for for the family. So the label, it's a very special label from Francesco Clemente, artist. But mm, who cares? The wine is amazing. The wine is amazing. And you know what is amazing of the Altalanga? In Altalanga, at, at, at the moment, you see... Like the dolcetto, you see a list of amazing producers that are doing Altalanga. So for sure, Altalanga, Altalanga has to improve a little bit in terms of overall quality. It's still a little bit rustic; it's not yet refined. But guys, it's 10 years, 15 years that they, 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 yeah. they, 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 this wine exists, and it's a very complicated um, protocol because it's like champagne and everything. So uh, Altalanga will uh, happen. Uh, this is the ambulance for me to come in to pick me up. I thought it was actually. I was like, okay, what happens? So, no, so uh, said, uh, so yeah. no but Roberta, you know, in Alta I want to tell you this. There is a lot of excitement because uh, people remember when the land in Barolo and Barbaresco was, uh, let's say, cheap or mm-hmm. very accessible, and you could have produced wonderful things. Now this is happening in Alta Altalanga. Altalanga. now is the best investment you can do in the Lange. Because Barol and Barbaresco, uh, it's 3 million euro per hectare. I I, I heard it. The the small producers, the young producers, the very young producers, they are in a trap now, and this is unfair. One day we will find uh, how to help some of them. I know you moved, so how has it changed
2: your life, moving from the middle of Alba and now literally waking up amongst some of the greatest vines? In Barolo. Lot. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. right. Yeah. First of all, when you see all the long uh, landscape pictures with this uh, foggy clouds in the bottom and the hills that uh, jump out of the clouds and everything seems a magic. Well, that is my terrace every day in the in November. So it is a it is a privilege. How do you feel? You feel like you are the luckiest man uh, on earth. It's really it's really unbelievable and then i love uh, i love the community of castiglione falletto alfio cavallotto good friend of wonderful producer (laughs) he welcomed me in castiglione falletto telling me "Uh, federico we have a problem we have been a community of 600 habitants for the last 200 years now you moved in with your family and now we are 702 (laughs) <laughs> that's a this is a problem this is a problem we are growing too fast and uh, and uh, but you know what I learned I know sounds strange because I you know me Eric I've been a I've been a... Everyday ambassador of Barolo, as deeply as I could uh, really put the seeds in everybody to, to think of uh, drinking more and more Barolo and Barbaresco. Uh, but the sense of uh, respect that you feel in a village that has 100% of the land. Uh, territory of of the village territory of Castiglione Falletto is in within the Barolo appellation they you know in Barolo and in Castiglione Falletto we feel we are the barolistas, you know. <laughs> and when you are barolista in Italy, it's like you are an artista, no? Uh, it's something uh, in your DNA. And this is—I'm uh, learning this. I'm—I'm I'm living this every day. And I'm—I uh, am very proudly a Castiglione Falletto um, citizen now. And. Uh, wow. Forget about Alba. Alba.
2: That was a good. That was a, that was a good move. So, uh, now I'd like to introduce you. When I grew up in in Paris, I followed a, a program called. So I will introduce some questions inspired by the great journalist Bernard Pivot, um, inspired by the writer Marcel Proust, uh, if I may. So what is your favorite word in the world? Could be any language, you know, could be in, ah. Italian, could be in French, could be in English,
1: could be in German. Uh, <laughs> well, grazie. For two reasons. Know. Grazie is the first word that my daughter Sophia, yeah. she said, grazie. Yeah and That's when cute. you see a little girl uh, you know, watching you and trying she tried to say grazie you know, she couldn't even <laughs> say her, but she, she tried, grazie and then, uh, grazie so thank you um, grazie, proprio, uh, it's something uh, Italian that everybody recognizes around the world yeah. grazie, you know with more grazie saying, uh, you can uh, achieve uh, A connection with people that is deeper and it's more solid and it's more real than many other things so grazie is uh, something we should say more and more and more to people in our job in our family in our uh, work in our uh, we are people that share their lives with many other people's if we say grazie to each other for what people do for you little things or big things life would be much much easier for everybody i agree
2: that's that's i love that how, how do you say that's in swedish i
1: don't
2: know so what
1: sound or noise do you love well sound uh, for me is the guitar of Jimi hendrix wow the guitar of Jimi Hendrix, uh, uh, you know. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a guy that uh, for me music finished in the end of the 70s, maybe little things in the early the 80s. Huh? Ah, the noise uh, that I like, uh, it's when I drop my food on my barbecue. That's the noise that I like, <laughs> you know, wow, okay. the sound of the barbecue, it's, uh, yeah. And, uh, I'm not talking about the meat. I'm talking about really me and my barbecue, uh, and, uh, in, in collaboration, we are a great orchestra. He sounds really well. Wow. Uh, that's, that's cool. So if
2: you could try any profession existing or non-existing, what would it be?
1: Well, unfortunately, I'm uh, really bad in, um, um, what's it, uh, painting, okay, yeah, painting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I tried, uh, when I was younger, but they couldn't make it. There was a moment in my life that I thought uh, I wanted to be uh, the guy that write the stories for the comic books. So I wanted to be the guy who create uh, all the stories for the the comic books, and still today it's one of my great uh, passion. I would have uh, loved to write uh, stories for my kids, uh, wow. but then of course those are the things that you don't you never have time and you regret. But mm-hmm. uh, I I think that what you read and learn when you are very little uh, can uh, have a good influence on your uh, on your things. So. Less TikTok, more comic books. I That agree could totally. be the next T-shirt. Uh, the next yeah, T-shirt. Uh, the yes. next t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I take that to my kids as
2: well. <laughs> Less TikTok and, and more comic books. I love that. Um, so if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the Pearl Gates in 100 years?
1: You know what I mean? Hey, bro, come in the cellar with me. <laughs> <laughs> that's,
2: a that's a good one. I don't, I, 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 I don't so know. I, no, I love uh, that.
1: You know what? I think I would love to hear. Uh, you did good with your uh, with your kids with your family. You're done. Come come here and relax. Yeah, that's what I that's what I want to hear. Yes, you did wow. enough for your kids for your family. Uh, come here now. Have a good time. Mm. I hope you're going to have, well, we have enough good time here, but uh, (laughs) I I hope it's going to be, again, more good time. There must be a great cellar uh, up there.
2: I hope, yeah, that's what I was thinking when you said, welcome to my cellar. That must be like more a dream uh, coming through, you know, next dream, next life. Open what you want. Exactly. (laughs) Welcome to the life after life. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally
1: well, spiritually i must say i've been uh, traveling a lot and i spent uh, thousands of hours uh, alone on a plane alone on a train alone on a a waiting room of a airport mm-hmm. or whatever and uh, there are moments where you have understand the reason why you are, uh, keep doing it. And you find your motivation because you are alone. You are alone. And this is something you have to do. You know, when you travel, you are alone. and People don't realize this, that nobody, okay. nobody helps you. So you have to find your motivation. So spirituality for me means when I am alone with myself, uh, I find my motivations. Uh, emotionally, no, emotionally, my kids, my kids. The emotions are, are my kids uh, and uh, at the moment yes I'm at the moment uh, you know I one is eight uh, she's uh, 13 uh, I'm having a great time with them <laughs> uh, and what was the other one spirituality uh, it was c- c- creatively you know you don't need to
2: uh, creatively yeah what does
1: your uh, creativity you learn uh, uh, well oh, yeah I am creative uh, every single uh, almost every single uh, day. Because again, when you do the kind of job I did uh, and you are on your own, you have to find also the solution to problems. Uh, and also you are the last world uh, of the company. So, you know, it's not only creativity, it's a responsibility, you have to find solution. Uh, but, you know, consider that, unfortunately, my, my thing is a little bit uh, um, less uh, engaging. For the mm-hmm. people that are listening to this podcast, the guy who needs to have a creativity and vision uh, is the winemaker, uh, Is mm-hmm. my cousin Alessandro, Alessandro. Or, or the producer, or the producer, or Enrico Crippa? This yeah. is a I could, yeah. this is a question that if you ask to Enrico Crippa, the answer could be uh, life changing. You know, <laughs> <laughs> for me, we, uh, yeah, the creativity is uh, is if if my creativity is a little bit more. Uh, uh, no, I don't want to say commercial, but down to earth Hands down on. to yeah, earth right, yeah. yeah.
2: And uh, finally, uh, could you please send us info where we can find the mouthwatering chocolate from Relange, your chocolate factory? That is more like a Christmas, you know. I would love to <laughs> love to buy it here in Sweden. I would love to know where we can have that because I love your chocolate, and that's another passion that we can have in another podcast, maybe. I don't know how, how time left we
1: have, but... Uh... Remember that the recipe of the lingotto, so the janduya chocolate with the crunchy biscuits in it that you cut like a gigantic uh, piece of chocolate it's Mm. my personal recipe so that is my real contribution to this world when i die i want to have on my (laughs) uh, my grave the name he made (laughs) the lingotto (laughs) you can buy it online uh, eric i think uh, today you can buy it online or you call you call me you are all you know what you come and visit Charetto. we're gonna uh, uh, don't worry come uh, spend some time with me guys and then I, i will make sure that you will You will discover every every great things we produce. That's amazing. I don't know if we
2: uh, will have uh, Stevie coming in or if we how much time we have left.
0: There you go. I'm back. I'm back. Um, So first of all, um, happy birthday again, Eric. But congratulations congratulations, Federico. It sounds, I love this conversation. I really enjoyed, thoroughly enjoyed listening to you uh, because it sounds like two friends at a bar, ex- minus the wine.
1: <laughs> it is. Yes, ciao, stay and, uh, with. Ciao, right. ciao,
0: <laughs> ciao, Federico. Um, however, I would be uh, remiss not to ask Federico if he can just kind of give us an overview of his wineries and the wine. So, for, for those who are less familiar and not as friendly with, Federico um, personally can you just give us a quick quick snapshot of your wines
1: Okay. yes of course Uh, uh, the mm, the iconic wines that we we produce are a range of uh, single vineyards of uh, Barolo uh, that includes uh, the flagship wine that is Rocca. that is a monopole in Barolo um, Brunate from La Morra, Propofo lunga bussia from Monf- Monforte and uh, Canubi San Lorenzo from, uh, uh, from Barolo, plus a Barolo Classico where we blend multiple um, parcels. The same in Barbaresco. We have uh, Asili, we have Bernadotte uh, from Trezo, we have Gallina from Neve, and Asili, of course, from Barbaresco Village, and a Barbaresco Classico. Then the three great appellations of Alba, Dolcetto d'Alba, Barbera d'Alba, Nebbiolo d'Alba, and then we are super proud to be one of the three uh, major um I pioneers in uh, Arnaise together with the Vietti family and the and the, and the Bruno Giacosa uh, winery, where, where we create, sorry for this, we created uh, uh, this amazing success, uh, of course, with the support of many generations of the Roero uh, uh, grape uh, growers, plus our family, Heritage come from the Santo Stefano Belbo village. I want to be very specific because you guys have been studying a lot in your book, so you have to you know you have to know all this information. We come from Santo Stefano Belbo, so we have this fourth winery uh, called Vignaioli di Santo Stefano, not easy to pronounce, where we produce Moscato d'asti and uh, Asti Spumante. So Ceretto is uh, Arneis, Dolcetto, Barbera, Nebbiolo, and Langerosso, Rosso Rock Winery for the single vineyard Barolos and uh, bricco Winery for the single vineyard Barbaresco, four, four places where we produce wine since the uh, early 30s. Huh? And we are uh, land, uh, we are vineyard owner, we are vineyard owner from the late 60s.
0: Okay. So, I mean, those are lots of wines. How many labels in total, Federico?
1: Including Barolo, mm-hmm. Chinato, I think uh, these are four Barbaresco, seven Barolos, 11, three, uh, 14, 15, 16, 17 labels. Okay, 17 labels. So
0: for... Too much, our, yeah, too much. They, late-
1: they used to be Grappa, used to be Riesling, yeah. used to be... I killed them all. Grappa, Riesling, Pinot Noir, Chardonnay, Sauvignon, um, Viognier, I killed them all. I, uh, the classics. Stay focused on the classics.
0: Okay, so you're, you've, yeah, you've trimmed, you're pruning your portfolio. So for um, our listeners, because this does get replayed on the Italian wine podcast, and it's not just for our Italian wine ambassadors, how do our listeners approaching um, Ceretta for the first time, how do they navigate all of these wines? Where do they start? And what are your signature wines?
1: Signature wines are, uh, I would say, uh, well, uh, I have to say, uh, Barolo Brunate is probably the first uh, uh, vineyard of Barolo we vinified uh, as a single vineyard. Uh, the the great experience is a brick rock because it's a Grand Cru in Castel Fallet and it's a monopole, so it's unique. Uh, uh, Arnaise Blanchet, our Blanchet, it's a distinctively Italian uh, uh, everyday fine wine. So it's, if you really want to try uh, the the palate of a distinctively Italian white wines uh, in the category of uh, unhocked, uh, easy drinking, Arnaise Blanchet its a, a true icon. So I would say Barbaresco Asile. Barbaresco Asile, I don't say this often enough. It's the best vineyard of Nebbiolo we have.
0: Okay, excellent. Thank you very much for that. And um, that's it. We don't really have time for much else. I have to close up the room. Happy birthday again, Eric Schneider. Grazie mille,
2: Stevie. Okay. Grazie mille. Big birthday.
0: champagne That's for everybody. Yes. Federico, um, hope to see you tutte. soon. Okay, and thanks Thank again, you. everybody. Ciao, ragazzi. Ciao. Yeah.